As we know, the world is a complicated place, especially for people of faith. They often turn to their clergy for assistance in dealing with the challenges of everyday life. But what happens when the clergy member themselves is just burned out? WJR senior news analyst Marie Osborne says it's happening in every faith, but help might be on the way. And hi, Chris. Yeah, more and more uh, clergy are recognizing this as a problem. Religious leaders of every stripe say they're experiencing burnout more often. One study even suggests that the a third of clergy suffer from burnout. Today, spiritual first aid is taking place. It's a church mental health summit, and there are about 9,000 participants from around the world. They can access pre-recorded expert talks, the certificate seminar, helps clergy deal with compassion fatigue and burnout. One of the main reasons that uh, for all of this is because clergy is always on call, always expected to be on, always expected to give pastoral care, even in the grocery store. Congregants feel compelled to judge a faith leader's family and how they might be raising their own kids. Ministers often have to be a jack-of-all-trades. They've got to be spiritual leaders, financial administrators, building repair experts. They have to carry the burden of keeping attendance up in their congregations. Many faith leaders say that these times of deep political divisions are also also causing problems. It's increasingly difficult, they say, to preach because they worry about saying the wrong thing that might offend part of their congregation. And in addition, they say... Those offended congregants are not afraid to be vocal about their unhappiness with certain clergy. So some clergy also don't seek help because they don't want to give the impression that they have failed at their caregiving mission, which is, of course, central to their jobs. At St. Paul Seminary in Minnesota, they have increased workshops and retreats for Catholic seminarians as well as for priests to help cover, uh, to help uh, overcome, rather, the isolation that many priests feel as their numbers decline, Chris. Yeah, and Marie, you and I have chatted. You know that I am what's called a PK. Do you know what a PK is? Pastor's kid. Yeah, well, we called it preacher's kid. Preacher's up. kid. But I'm a I'm a preacher's kid, and I have a lot of thoughts on this. And and I know this is a, a subject close to your heart. I just sent you an article that my brother had had done uh, months ago now about uh, politics really poisoning the church. But I can tell our listenership firsthand, as the son of a minister, was an evangelical Presbyterian minister for. Geez, the better part of 40 years, that is a as full-time job as a full-time job gets. I mean, there wasn't there wasn't uh, many a week that there wasn't one night that got lampooned by um, someone who was calling because uh, their husband was suicidal or someone was on their deathbed in their final hours. It wasn't a little game, a little league game rather that didn't get missed, or a family dinner, or a funeral, or a wedding. I mean, funerals and weddings, there's a lot of those, mm-hmm. right? So it was a scenario in which we watched my dad go through years and years, decades worth of, of a climb to a very well-respected position in a very big church. And it was a, a very gospel-based church. But as the politics really leaked in, especially at the beginning of the Trump era, it became enormously divisive. And I think that I'm sure you've experienced some of that, too. Many of these men and women in the clergy are, have been forced into a position where they're seen as not only spiritual leaders, but kind of a mouthpiece of a higher power mm-hmm. to be inclusive. And if you have to then pick a side constantly because everybody wants to know 
what your view is on terrorism, what your view is on homosexuality, what your view is on Trump or on COVID or on wearing masks. They've gotten themselves into a very binary position where somebody is always mad at them <laughs> and they're not just preaching the gospel anymore, which really is their only job. Yep, the job. And and a lot of people, a lot of ministers will say it's really the job of love. That's the number one thing you have to preach. But people do want you to take sides. I grew up uh, Catholic, still am. And, you know, a lot of people get upset with in our uh, in our faith tradition when priests don't take a side there uh, as well. Why why aren't they backing this political candidate or this philosophy or this? It, it is it's so divisive and it's so far off of what the real purpose I think of church is Mm -hmm. uh, having to take these kinds of sides and having to bring politics into it. Yeah. I have, I've seen nothing worse, frankly, than, than the divisiveness that came in with COVID. Uh, And the reality is when, when spiritual leaders are able to essentially supersede the news cycle and you know uh, one of the things that the bible is very clear about is to respect your local leaders so for example even in a scenario where that particular clergy may feel like you know what i don't think it's necessary to wear a mask or to cancel services until further notice and you know just do online things there was a whole contingent of people that just kept on carrying on and those churches now in many cases have exploded they have got a tremendous amount more parishioners and more congregants coming because that was the only place that they could go. And the feeling is you resisted the authority along with me. And that was what God led us to do. Is that really appropriate? I don't think so. Mm. I, you know, I have to agree with you on that, but that's my personal opinion. But I have to agree with you on that. But uh, this, and, and I know our churches are struggling as well, trying to get people back into church uh, into the actual building, uh, and that has become an issue. Because they have the, the opportunity to do it from home, to yeah. see service online yes. or something? Yes, Yeah, well, I feel... Or to not participate at all, by the way. I've, I've run into that as well. Sure. And I, I, I can feel the pain of a great many of these people. It is a tough, tough spot to be in, to be a spiritual leader for something, for, for someone, and to have to be judged on a regular basis and also have your, you know, we had to be very careful as kids about our behavior, which mm-hmm. wasn't always good, by the way. I mean, <laughs> good grief. You should meet my brothers. I'm the only good kid in my oh. family. <laughs> <laughs> but you are, to a degree, constantly under a bit of a microscope, which is unduly unfair in that regard. And many of them in the clergy struggle with anxiety and struggle with depression. We have had a long history of anxiety in my family. It's, it was um, certainly hereditary to some degree. My dad was a, was a very noble man and dealt with it in an incredible manner, but it was something that kept him up, I'm sure, thousands and thousands of nights. And he still posted up and was a phenomenal dad and a wonderful husband to my mom who's still with us now. But it's a tough road to run. And there's also, you know, since we have a few minutes left, I had a great conversation with my brother about one of the interviews he did and there is a, a lack in the formal education part of this. You know, years and years ago, most people would graduate from seminary with what, in essence, was a bit of a, a bachelor's, if not a master's, in some form of divinity or theology. But now you have a whole lot of folks out there in these smaller contingents of the church that don't have necessarily the same theological framework and background. They're not as prepared as they might have been 20, 30 years ago. And finally, though, churches are recognizing this, as I pointed out, this seminary in Minnesota, that they are making that part of their education of their young seminarians. Yeah, 
That's great. Really, really interesting story, Marie. I hope we can get into that more in the future. We'll be back in a little bit, and we'll be looking carefully to President Biden behind the microphone.